I knew it. Listen, I was like, <laughs> uh, it's been a while since Noah's interrupted me, and he he reserved himself with our guest, and then also he reserved himself during the anniversary. So I was like, anticipating interruption. Anyway, welcome to Humming Fools. Ooh, I was expecting a second interruption. Okay, we'll see. You don't know you, me. That's true. Okay. Welcome to Humming Fools, <clears throat> a fortnightly podcast and amateur auditory guide hosted by nobodies and dedicated to the artists, dreamers, or anyone out there with the creative urge. I'm one of your nobodies, Kyle Stuke, and I'm joined by my co-host. Oh, no. Oh, Noah Bosley. Getting crazy, doesn't have a baby, but maybe later he will. <laughs> no, Very what's good. up? Very good. Uh, not much. What's on your shirt? Actually, mm-hmm. I haven't looked at what's, what you have on your shirt. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I got this from Julia. Trick question, you're not wearing a shirt. <laughs> it was a free shirt. Oh, okay. Oh, is it one of the, like, rejected ones from mm-hmm. the printing place? Yes. Hot dang. Yep. I think it's Latin. All right. You can I, read it. It's I upside can. down it's, for me. Well, it's right in front of, it's right behind the microphone, so I can't actually see it. Re, Regina Spector. No, Ragnar Pop. Ragnarok. Ragnarok Populus. I don't think you can say Populus anymore. I think that's a derogatory term. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the Populus. Well, back in the Roman Empire, you were allowed to. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, Noah, mm. we had our big anniversary episode. It was big. And now we're. You know, <laughs> And now we're uh, we're we're back. I guess this is question mark the start of season two. Are we doing know. seasons? Ooh, I don't know. Exciting for I mean, the for the listeners. Yeah, they must be just freaking pumped. <laughs> wow, season two is so soon after they're season like, one. They're like, we thought we were just gonna get one season, yeah. <laughs> and now we're getting two. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, also, we really did not take advantage of the <laughs> amount of time people usually get between seasons to recover and perfect their material. <laughs> we I were know. just like, no, let's keep going. Yeah. It just like We've the, reached our peak. After two weeks, we're like, we're back, which is <laughs> every time we're back. Right. <laughs> um, well, today, Noah, do you mm-hmm. want to tell our listeners what we're going to be talking about? You 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 created this whole dang I thing. I didn't create it. It's, it's an age-old topic. But uh, mm. thank you. <laughs> I was taking a sip, <laughs> I so I was unable the, to help you. Um, we're going to talk about storytelling pet peeves, things that bother Ooh, us, yeah. things that make us roll our eyes, things that make us go, Ugh, Ugh. it's going to be that kind of thing. Yeah. Boo. This is the kind of party I'm at. That's right. Yeah. So. Cool. That's it. I'm excited. I told you right before we started. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I just get to complain. This is what we do <laughs> regularly. Yeah. Like, we probably do this more than anything else. This is the most authentic <laughs> Noah and Kyle conversation you'll get. I'll just be in the shower. I'll stop what I'm doing, That's grab right. my phone, call Noah, and be like, I just remember the movie I watched. <laughs> there was this part. Yes. Yeah. Twist, Noah was in the shower with me the That's whole right. time. That's a me. pet peeve. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to start us off, my beautiful friend? Sure. Let me look at what I have. Wow, you're not even ready. I threw you that All right. alley oop, and you were on the bench drinking Gatorade. I don't like plots <laughs> driven. <laughs> what? I don't like plots driven. Oh, yeah. That's what I just said. Okay, good. Um, Lots of emphasis on the words. Continue. Driven by idiocy. 
So like dumb characters. Like, oh, I see. They they get into situations by making stupid decisions. Yeah. Um, and that like drives the plot forward. I'm like, ah. Noah's of- scratching his face in pain. <laughs> <laughs> like all all of this is only happening because this character made a dumb move. Mm. Or because they were like, and this is especially frustrating when the audience is smarter than the character. Yeah. Everyone agrees, oh, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. And they do it. And then that's what gets them into the situation. You're like, no, but because this could have been so easily avoided, I'm no longer into the story. Like, I can't empathize with you at this point. You deserve everything that happens to you. Yeah. Um, That's my first one. Yeah. Let's like, comedy of errors is fun. Because, like, when things go wrong yes, and, you know, people make mistakes, that's fun. But comedy is different. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, like, things that, and I think, yeah, I think it's, be, like, even between drama or, like, yeah, things can go bad. Par- characters can make bad decisions. But when it's just so, like you said, idiotic. Yeah. Uh, you have to, like, it, it gets rid of the empathy. You mm-hmm. have to. Like with characters, there's like probably an official list, and you know we'll we'll probably forget stuff. But it's like you either have to like respect the character, admire the character, right. like the character, relate to the character. Right? And so yeah. yeah, if they're if they're just doing things and not then connecting with you on those levels, then just watching them slog through, you know, little set piece after set piece of being stupid, it's just like okay, yeah. That's why I can't do some of like the older 90s cartoons or even um, some of the like more adult themed cartoons mm. that are just like crass and stuff, but their 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 characters are just dumb. Like yeah. that's a joke. Yeah. It's just like, well, that, why is this fun? Yeah. I'm not having fun. Right. <laughs> so I'm with you. Good. Um, I guess going off the dumb, that's something I have. Going off the dumb. Going off the dumb, and I press my thumb against my bum, and I wonder why. <laughs> Is this wrong? Is this wrong? <laughs> um, like dumb decisions, that goes to specifically horror movies. Oh, yeah. And that, know, that's I, the main offender, probably. Yeah, and it's just, and I think part of that, too, is, a, a a storytelling thing that annoys me is characters being curious as opposed to afraid. Yes. The investigator. Yes. It's like, get out of there. <laughs> I think I think that's lazy yeah. storytelling. I think that's just a way of being like, oh, well, let's get them in trouble. Yeah. Um, instead of, because I, I feel like anytime there's any amount of realism in a horror movie, I'm like, yes, this is what would actually happen. Yeah. And then you find another way to get them, you know in their situation but yeah that that drives me crazy Mm -hmm. like uh texas chainsaw massacre i don't love the movie but it's a very relatable and real fear of you're driving on the road and your your car breaks down Mm -hmm. uh, or you you stop for whatever reason and that and there's nothing for miles you're in the you know the the wilderness basically yeah and then the only people you come across are malevolent mm-hmm. and so and then again especially back then there's no cell phone and so that's very like you're not like wow stupid character it's like no people need to use the highway there's yeah. gonna be those dead zones yeah you have no control but yeah when characters are like wouldn't it be funny if we like go to this 
old abandoned mine mm-hmm. and not tell anyone. And like we're like teenagers and <laughs> let's, you know, it's just it's like man, yeah, just like <clears throat> manufactured tension and, mm-hmm. and, and plot. Yeah. And especially when characters there's something very creepy going on and they choose to move forward as opposed to just turning around. Yeah. So many movies I've seen, I'm like, oh. I would have been out of there within the first five minutes of this movie. Like I would have driven to another state <laughs> yeah, and then gotten the hotel room and then figured things out from there. Like not lingered around whatever's happening. Yeah. Um, actually one of mine plays into that, which is bad crime scene etiquette. Oh yeah. When <laughs> a character stumbles upon like, a body or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the main example that came to my mind was, did you ever watch Final Destination? Yeah. So in the first one, there are many movies, but in the first one, <laughs> this through this, so the, the idea of the movie is that all these characters, these main characters in the movie cheated death at some point because of this one guy who had some kind of vision. They were all in a plane and he was like, this plane's going to crash and we're all going to die. We need to yeah. get off this plane. The plane is still on the runway. So him and all his friends get off the plane. And then the idea is that they cheated death somehow. And so death is going to come for them in some like convoluted way. Yeah. Um, and so it's all like these Rube Goldberg like ways of killing people. And yeah. it's, re- it's really entertaining in kind of a funny way. But it's also really frustrating because there's scenes like this one scene where this woman um, who is supposed to die, she's in her kitchen doing stuff. And then she's like, she pours her hot tea in her cold mug and then it cracks. And then the crack lets out some water, which runs down onto the floor, which then makes her slip. And then she like falls on her back and then... uh, something knocks over the knife block and then one of the knives, the like kitchen knives falls out and then lands on her chest while she's on the floor. And she's fine. And, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> and then, and then uh, she's like, looks like she's about to get up and then something knocks over one of the chairs in the kitchen and the chair just lands on the knife, pushing it down <laughs> oh, <no>. further. <laughs> so anyway, it's ridiculous. But one of the other characters comes in and sees this and he's like, oh no. And he like pulls out the knife. <laughs> and then he's like trying to like revive her or something like that. I forget what happens. And then he's holding this knife and then gets up and then looks around and he starts to panic and he drops the knife and then just runs out of there. I'm like, great. You had nothing to do with anything that happened here. And then instead of being like, oh, my goodness, a dead person, ambulance, please. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm going to hold this knife, get my fingerprints everywhere, put it back here yeah. with the body, yeah. and then run away. You might as well have just set it back inside her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oops, sorry. Yeah, we'll put sorry that back. about that. Um, and just like that happens so often where like instead of being like, oh, well, you know, tell someone about it so that you don't dig your hole any deeper. Like mm-hmm. so many stories rely on like that distrust of anyone else where it's just like, oh, well, I can't let anyone know that I've seen this, yeah. even though everybody 
that's ever been discovered has been discovered by someone first yeah. <laughs> who let someone know. And then they were like, hey, yeah. this body was discovered. And then they talked to that person. And they're like, oh, well, clearly you had nothing to yeah, do then, with yeah, this. Yeah, then the knife's still inside her body. <laughs> right. You don't have any fingerprints yeah. on it. Yeah. So anyway, that, that drives me crazy. No, that's true. Um, that that happens a lot where characters just panic and, and it's not necessary. And this is the thing. Is sometimes when I bring, and a lot of these will probably fall underneath this, a lot of these complaints that we bring up, people will then sometimes come back with, well, that's realistic. Or like, right. what would you do? Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to think 100%. And I'll use that argument as well. Like when I talk about horror movies, sometimes there's decisions where I'm like, yeah, it was dumb, but like in the moment you right. might make that decision because yeah. you're scared. But it's kind of you have to play with storytelling to yeah. where you go, sure, maybe someone would do something super stupid. Yeah. But what, what is my goal with this scene? What is my goal with this character? Do I want the audience to like them, to be rooting for him or her? You know, <laughs> if it's if it's a relatable moment of irrationality, mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, I, I totally could have freaked out in that same way yeah. and, and done that, made that dumb move. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always going to be someone be like, well, no, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But you know, if it's universally like, Oh, it makes sense that that person would freak out in that way, then that works. But yeah. Yeah. So it's just unnecessary. A lot, yeah. Like you can have characters be dumb in an intelligent way to where you go, Oh yeah, dang it. That would have got me too. Mm-hmm. And it stresses you out and it builds tension and it's like a well done scene as opposed to, wow, that person's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, and again, it's just, it is funny how as audience members, we just think we're like, we would be so great in that situation. I remember I was watching <coughs> a movie and this girl like is again, being attacked by this dude who she's found out has been living in her house mm-hmm. uh, and just watching her. And, it's like this really stressful scene. And then my friend was like, why doesn't she just jump over there, grab the gun, reload it, right. something, 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 and shoot the guy. And I was like, that's a lot of steps, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like if There she, are many points of failure she's in that like, plan. She's never fought someone before. Yeah. This is really scary. She's yeah. stressed. She doesn't know how to use a firearm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd be the same way. Like, I know how a gun works, but if you stick a pistol in my hand, I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. I'm more comfortable with a shotgun just because I've used that with my dad. And even then, like, put me in a combat situation. Right. I'm going to, like, <laughs> Gears of War blind fire. <laughs> yeah. and you know probably injure myself so yes. i'm with you um just since oh, we're sorry uh, oh go ahead uh, another thing with that i think a big part of it is that's difficult for me is when i have to believe that that character has never seen the same movies i've seen yes because like those tropes keep getting reused and recycled and so it's like has that person never seen this? This is a cliche, but I guess in their universe, movies don't exist yeah. or this situation has never been recreated Yeah, and they have to not know what to do and do the stupid thing that everyone does. Yeah, That's the hard part for me because it takes me out of it where it's just like, oh, we're not on the same level of information yeah. here. <laughs> it's an alternate earth and yeah. you're, you're earth stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, like zombie movies, that drives me crazy. Right. When it's like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. What's wrong? That guy bit you. That's insane, man. Yeah. And you're like, get away from them. They're yes, going to bite exactly. you, dumb dumb. And of course, it's like, oh, come here. I'll hug you or I'll kiss you. 
or or the the person gets bit and doesn't tell anyone and they keep it a secret for as long as possible i'm like how in what ways can this end like mm-hmm. you know it's just yeah i think that one can work but again it's another like case of have awareness yeah because it's been done so many times yeah so maybe the like the first time you or i saw that it's like that's fine i do understand <clears throat> that in like if they've set it up as oh if anyone looks infected we shoot them before that's what i turn that's kind of yeah. where my mind was headed yeah. with it that i understand yeah like if you have a group of like friendly protagonists and one of them gets bit maybe they would hide it because it's like they plan on offing themselves later in private and try they're going to try to be as useful as they can while yeah, they can't exactly yeah. and then that could create some tension uh, yeah. then they why are you hiding this from us and it's like i didn't want you to know baby yeah um we're writing something beautiful right now <laughs> um it's the same thing again characters not knowing like with any horror movie situation it's like what is this then uh-huh. you have a little exposition person who's like well or again it's very clear like he was sucking, he was sucking her neck. Yeah, and there was blood. In it. Like, what? Who does that? Yeah. And you're like, like va- vampire. You know, <laughs> and, and and yeah, it's just it's funny to think these characters don't have zombie movies in their culture mm-hmm. or vampire. And it's like that's too much to ask of the audience. I get that it'd be kind of weird. Like, oh, this fictional thing. Right. As part of your media also turns out to be real, but well, I don't know. I think there's also a fine line between like. Because it's normal to have, you know, skepticism. Yeah. Be like, I'm not sure that that's really what's going on. There must be a better explanation rather than just, like, ignorance. Yeah. And, like, what could this possibly mean? Like, never even referring to what it, like, obviously is for the the audience. You know, like, could this be vampire? If that person was like, could this be vampires? And one other person was like... I don't think so. That seems a little bit far-fetched. Yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Then you'd be like, oh, yeah, I I got you. That, like, I'm on board with that, like, uh, you know, the knee-jerk, what what is this? And Mm -hmm. then the other person would be like, I don't think it's that. But when one person is just... I I there's no explanation for what this could possibly yeah. be. I've never heard of anything like this. Yeah. This is completely new. This situation has never existed yeah. or been shown before. Yeah. Yeah. Um it would make that scene from Twilight really hilarious where she when he says like say it, you know, oh, like yeah. trying, and he's like say it. Say and she's it. like I don't know. I don't he's like really? She's like yeah, well, I don't I don't I've get never it. heard of what, what? how do you, Vamp vampire is it? Am I saying vampire? that right? Vampire. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sticking with um, kind of like horror movies, just since mm. you know we talk about zombies and all that stuff. I and I was just talking about this with a friend. I hate ghosts and demons in horror movies. Mm. I hate. So let me start with ghosts. Ghosts I hate in horror movies because they don't make any sense. Sometimes they can touch stuff. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. Um. And then ghosts are usually used to, like, be, you know, a metaphor or, you know, something. And sometimes they try to do that reversal of, like, oh, scary, but now, like, it's a warning. But it's so dumb with what they're allowed to say what they're not allowed to say. Mm -hmm. It's, like, cryptic. It's, like, there's this, like, you know, judge who's, like, it can't be super clear. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the example that 
I was talking to my friend about was Guillermo del Toro's um, Crimson, what's it called? Crimson Peak? Peak, yeah. Yeah, Crimson Peak. At the very beginning of the movie, the little girl, or the main character is visited as a little girl by her dead mom's ghost. And the, the ghost goes, beware, Crimson Peak. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And then quickly in the movie, she moves somewhere with her husband. And she's like, oh, this place is cool. And then somehow they work it into where he's like, yeah, it's uh, the, the locals call it Crimson Peak. Mm. And you're like, really, ghost mom? You couldn't tell you couldn't tell her to beware the normal name, like right. the, like the real name. It's like yeah. being like, beware the Big Apple. Yeah, and you don't know what that is, and yeah. it's like it's it's New York. It's, it's just- true. Why why are uh, yeah spirits and stuff always yeah just vague with everything? Yeah, it's like a, this weird prophecy. Mm-hmm. It's like I would love for just a, a demon or spirit to just come in and be like. These are my demands. Yes. <laughs> hey, I only have five seconds. Yeah. And if, uh, you're going to get screwed over really right. quick. And it's because of this reason. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Whether whether they're bad or good. Like, if they're trying to help the character, I hate that kind of stuff where it's just like, there will be something bad. Ooh. What is it? Just use your words. <laughs> Clearly speak English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In um, freaking uh, crap, A Christmas Carol. Mm. Those ghosts are awesome. They're yeah. like, hey, this is why we're here. Yes. This is how much time you have. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> um, and then with demons, what annoys me is in horror movies is little subtle things happening that are creepy mm. because you have to ramp the tension up. But it's right. like, what's this demon doing? Yeah, where why he's, would they do that? I'm going to knock a pan over. That's right. I'm going to turn this picture around. Yeah. Scratch. And like it, maybe they're just really clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> And it makes sense. Again, you can explain, I think, most things to where it could be kind of cool to where, and they've tried to do this in some. It's like, okay, well, the demon's power is limited. So they're trying to reach into our world. Mm. Their, you know, abilities are limited, so they can only do certain things. Yeah. And the more they scare you, the more powerful they get to or more of a hold they have. Like yeah. possession is a thing that takes a long time. I'm like, okay, I get that. That's kind of cool. But that's... Almost every movie starts with some random creepy things. Yeah. And then eventually the demons pimp slapping people across the room. Mm. And we're like, why didn't why didn't the demon just be like, oh, new residents kill? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like, I'm gonna wake you up at 3 a.m. and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then with that is I I hate whenever the priest gets called mm. in horror movies, because the priest eventually gets called. Yeah. He drops some exposition. Yeah. And then he comes and he gets the he gets beat up. Yeah, it's not gonna work. He never does anything. Why would it work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's I don't need the good guys to win yeah. all the time, but I need there to be some sense of hope. And I yeah. think that that's what horror movies sometimes do a bad job of, is that you just go, Well, evil's OP. Right. Good sucks. There's nothing you like if you pray doesn't matter. Yeah. If you call the priest doesn't matter and it's like, well, logically, if the evil exists, the opposite side should too. Yeah. So show us that there's some potential. And again, it'll make it more crushing or satisfying when the good guys do lose because you knew that they could have prevailed if they had done things differently. Right. So, yep. Um that kind of plays in like what you know when the the ghosts can like go through things or not and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. One of my pet peeves is uh, undefined boundaries of abilities or yes. magic yes. or whatever. Like, if your character or whoever does a certain thing earlier on in the story, they have to be able to do it later too. 
um, unless there's a very good reason why they can't do that specific thing yeah. in that moment. But uh, Star Wars is such a big offender for that, where it's just like they can Jedi jump, you know, five-story <laughs> buildings, yeah. and then sometimes you're just like, I'm surrounded. <laughs> oh, whatever will oh, I do? No. You know, and they have the force. Like sometimes they can, you know, lift boulders, fighter jets and jets, boulders yeah. and whatever. And <laughs> small green men. I'm I'm upset that I said fighter jets. That's not a Star Wars thing. I was like, who what have you done? <laughs> you know, in Top Gun when uh, <laughs> but uh when when Tom Cruise plays a small Jedi. Um but yeah, I, that drives me crazy uh, whenever characters can do a certain thing. And then later on, you're just like, what? just do that. Do the thing that you did earlier. Do it again. And it's like, yeah. nope, they can't because it needs to be hard for them right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to be helpless. Yeah. Um, I, I have a hard time with that. Yeah, Stranger Things, it's like, 11, she's going to throw things around. And she's like, yeah. I'm weak now. And yeah. I'm tired. And again, yeah. it's valid. Right. But then she's going to be able to do something later mm-hmm. when then it's dramatic and right. the stakes are actually high. So yeah. magic, too, just, I mean, and we could, again, go hard in any one direction. Yes. So we'll try to bounce around. But we've talked about that recently where magic annoys me in, in storytelling to where it's just kind of like the magic. Everyone forgets. Like, I can just, right. like, cast a blanket over everyone to yeah. forget things. And then also that the magic doesn't play into the actual um, world building of the world. Yeah. And so, again, like, I'm not trying to be, you know, Debbie Downer. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Harry Potter. I, I'm, like, I know it means so much to people. <laughs> I have not read the books. And yeah. I imagine if I did, I would really enjoy them a lot. But... I find it, I find the whole premise ridiculous. <laughs> that there's these wizards living in secret. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why are you in secret? Yeah. You could, and you're not like, you could destroy humans. <laughs> so they, they should coexist with you. And again, if you explain that, right, that'd be cool. I, th- I think they do to an extent. <sighs> I, 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 I've tried to, and again, listeners, this is when you come into play. I'm sure we got some hardcore Harry Potter fans. You let me know because I've kind of looked into it. I mean, I haven't read. That's like the ultimate source. Well, but even without reading, I my assumption was always like before I'd read the books, I was like, well, people, regular people have a long history of not being very kind to those with different abilities or people who are different, even though, you know, like the wizards could beat up people or whatever, you know, they could, they might win. They're also a very small minority of people. And if they can avoid conflict altogether, they might as well, especially if they're, you know, they, they want good to prevail. Mm -hmm. The evil ones don't care. So they just, they're evil throughout. And then they, they don't try to hide themselves. It's only the, the good ones that do because it's like well why go into conflict yeah I that makes mean, sense to me i say they for, would for sure win i don't think it's a question that's just my opinion i think they would destroy like, well, if they had a world war with humans yeah i don't care if there's like five of them <laughs> i don't know there have been so many times where it's like listen if some dude had a sniper and voldemort was just 
walking along really slowly in the woods, <laughs> waiting for something ominous to happen, he would be dead. He would not know that that was coming. Well, um, if he cast an illusion spell and an anti-bullet spell. Well, that's he would have already had to have been prepared for that. You're telling me Voldemort, my boy's not prepared? He's not prepared for a sniper? You're telling Don't me, call him your boy you tell right my after you trash Harry Potter. Harry Potter's trash. Voldemort's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like again, there's so much lore that I'm sure there's something, but I think the thing that we talked about, like what drives me insane is thinking about the Holocaust exists in the Harry Potter universe. Right. So, I, I, I allegedly I don't right. know if they yeah. address it or not. Right. But that's where I'm like, I think one wizard would be like, okay, <laughs> I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm gonna step up. Yeah. So again, sorry for turning it into a hate fest. No, that's fine. But all that to say, like when in storytelling, that that does annoy me when you, the big thing of the world doesn't actually. There's not much thought given to how it would affect yeah. the world. Yeah, I think like the Matrix and a lot of movies do a good job of to where it's like this all kind of bleeds into in, in, in each other and stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. To where you are like, oh, okay, the logistics of the world makes sense. Mm-hmm. But um, that's it for that on magic. It's funny because uh, Harry Potter does one of my other pet peeves, which is oh, okay. uh, success because of love, <laughs> which, oh yeah, which I actually, it's never really bothered me in Harry Potter. There are a lot of things that I willingly suspend my uh, disbelief for mm-hmm. with Harry Potter. I just enjoy it how it is, but that's one of the things like if it shows up anywhere else, I'm going to roll my eyes pretty hard. It's yeah. just like, Oh, they survived because of love. Like they loved each other so much mm-hmm. that it went beyond all these things, Space you know. And time. Yeah. Where it's like, well, you're using uh something that everyone feels, but manifesting it in a way that doesn't happen, which obviously it's fiction and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. there's just something about it where it's just like maybe it's just because it's been done so much, but yeah. Um yeah, the, the because of love is, is a, little, a little hard. I'm going to jump right back into the Harry Potter, but it's your fault. Yes, I remember, I think it is the first movie where he burns Voldemort's face oh, with yeah. his hands because yeah. of love. Yeah. And I, as a, I don't, I think it was maybe 10th or 9th grade when I first started watching them. Yeah. And I was late to the party. I remember yeah. just being like, what? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was like, he burned his face because of love. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. Um, or and I won't name the movie because and you know it's been out for a while. I don't want to use the excuse because mm. some people are like me, late to the party. Spoilers. Yeah. But there's a space movie mm. where love is a big part of like the sci-fi, mm. and you're just kind of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's that same thing where. Love is unbeatable, and I I like it as a romantic. Yes, and again, not in the just the like, you know, uh, finding a partner way. Just in right. the sense of the human spirit, no, totally. you know, the conquer stuff. I'm like, I am so into that. You have yes. no idea. But in like a in a lazy, that's why they win, <laughs> sort of yeah, way. Yeah, I like love as a drive for resilience. Yes, like I'm well going to keep going. Because of love. I'm not, it's not going to make me succeed. It's just going to make me, you know, have the motivation to keep doing this thing that's very, very hard. And then my abilities will make me succeed at this task. Yeah, or, or someone's help 
or, mm-hmm. you know, like direct involvement from something. If you're sending me in a battle and you're like, what do you want, love yeah. or a protein bar? I'm like, give me that protein bar because I'm hungry and I may run out of fuel, yeah. you know, when I'm trying to bayonet someone. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> love doesn't help me bayonet people. Yes. Um, calories do. Mm. Um, do you, let's see, do you have a quick one off the top of your head or should I look at my list and... Well, it's something. your turn. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't like in movies um, uh, when they show characters getting ready for their day as the opening credits. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's just like music starts and it's like character wakes up, uh-huh. smiles or rolls their eyes because life's hard. Yeah. And then they're brushing their teeth and they're yeah. looking in the mirror, especially of a narration. It's like, I'm just your average guy. Oh, no. <laughs> Wipes mirror away from fog. Yeah. It's going to be a good day. Yeah. And then day does not go well. No. Um, and hijinks ensue. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I, that's something where I'm like, this is not giving me any information. Mm-hmm. Um, it's wasting my time. It's I'll, not showing anything unique to this person or, yeah. yeah. And again, it's like, it's one of those things where technically, okay, maybe the room has unique exposition. Like the yeah. way it's set shows you this guy or girl is this kind of way. Like what it maybe the person that you're showing getting ready is in a wheelchair and all of those steps are way harder for that person Absolutely. because of that that's way different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think, again, you can do it. You just have to have awareness of, does this need to be the way that I do it? Right. Or is there a, a other creative way? Yeah. And so you, again, that sounds tasty to me, what you just said, <laughs> but the, again, the whole, I'm just getting up and yeah. getting ready and a pop song's playing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we can cut this. Yeah. Let's get to the plot. <laughs> right. Slash let's not, because I assume it's stupid based off of how you wanted to start your movie. Yes. Um, so that's one of mine. Which then leads into the, the uh, it's more of a trope than a pet peeve, but then they, you know, arrive at school and they're late. Oh, yeah, I know how te- you feel about that. The teacher's like, Nice of you to join us, Mr. Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. He sits in the back of the class. And then the teacher keeps talking, and then the voice fades away while the best friend of hey, the yo, character what are we doing tonight? leans over is like, did you hear about this? And then he sets up the movie. Yeah. And Did you hear about Angelica's party? Exactly. It's like, yeah. dude, I think we can get it. I think my brother can get us some liquor. <laughs> Listen, Voldemort, he's in the woods. He's got a great spot. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I forget where we mentioned this before, but yeah. that is something that pops up that yeah. is just like annoying which is funny because one of my favorite comedies uses all of that and i it doesn't bother me which one super bad oh yeah I love um, Superbad. which that's intentional but yeah. yeah um let's see oh you like this one i like this yeah this no you time? don't you don't actually like it oh okay I was you like, like oh, making I'm fun sorry. of it oh fantastic with, with me we're not so different, you and I. Oh, <laughs> it hurts. De- Marvel's Defenders? Yes. <laughs> and that's always the line they put in trailers, too. It's yeah. just like, oh, why? It's like, has this editor never seen a movie? Exactly, yeah. Like, that's even more than the character having never seen a movie. It's like the people making this thing have never seen a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, someone... Oh, it's, or even not not in those words specifically, but like maybe we're more alike than we thought. Yeah. Or whatever. It's just like, ugh. It's it's great to have an antagonist who sees him or her as a hero. Yeah. You know. 
and to have the hero and the I can't even talk about because it it's boring. Okay, yeah, so. and it's dumb. <laughs> uh, the the point of storytelling is that everyone should be the hero of their own story. So to the the bad guy is not going to say we're not so different, you and I, because they're going to think, oh no. You're you're ve- the you know the good guy protagonist whoever is like no you're very different from me which is why I've made completely different decisions from you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, the worst is when that that moment happens, and it's usually the protagonist that has that moment, and it happens after they've killed thousands of people throughout the movie, yeah. <laughs> and then they get to this point and they can't kill the villain because we're not so different, you and I, yeah. and if I kill you, I'm. I'm just turning into the thing that I'm trying to, you know, like not to be. And oh, it's just no. Yeah. There's no, there's no redemption there. <laughs> I had, I had no problem with uh, unnamed street thug number three. Exactly, but, uh, but with, you, with you, you're, you're a main character in yeah. this. You're more important. Yeah, I'm gonna show you I'm better than you. Yeah. Um, that bleeds into look at us. We're the kings of transition in this episode. Yes. You, we both, we'll split the crown. You All and right. I. Um. <laughs> It's just going to keep falling off because it's just half a crown. Yeah, and it's heavy. Or we're both going to sit really close to each other. I wouldn't mind that. Ooh, like the uh, Humming Fools Oh, like the photo logo or thumbnail photo thing. Plug for Humming Fools. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start adding a crown now. I'm into it. It just sits in between us. Yeah. Um, we are the kings and queens of transition. Oh, I, I should have seen that. Yeah. Um, I hate when either the good guy or the bad guy talks or listens when they have an opportunity. That's one of mine. That's one of mine. Kill the other Letting one. the person monologue <laughs> is the most frustrating thing. Yeah. Uh, you could have a gun on them. They're like, "You're, we're not so different." I'm like, "Bang, bang, yeah, shoot yeah. them, <laughs> shoot yeah, them now." That's way worse when the gun's already pointed. The person is cornered, and yeah. then you let them talk. Yeah. And you know that. As soon, as soon as the person has talked for more than 20 <laughs> seconds, they're going to get out of that situation. Yeah. That's what the movie's telling you. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I just dream of the day when I watch a movie and the person is cornered and starts talking and then midway through the sentence, they just get shot and you never know what they were going to say. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that and would you be, just will cheer your that protagonist would be delightful. on. Yeah. Yes. That's the thing. Everything that movie does with those scenes tells you, like you said, because the camera movement will yeah. show you usually behind yep. the villain and be like, look, they're reaching for something. Like, yeah, yeah we know. Yeah. And our, our hero is an idiot because mm-hmm. they're just letting it happen. Yes. Um, the same with that is I hate villains who go, take care of him, boys. And leave. leave. Don't make sure that yes. you're like, oh, so they're getting out of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like the villain's like, I hate you so much, and I chased you out this whole damn yeah. movie or book or whatever. But now I'm gonna turn my back to you and let my henchmen take care of it. Yeah. Or like the elements, like I'm gonna let you rot in this room. Right. It's like they're probably gonna get out of that room. Yes. <laughs> Drives me insane. Ah, uh, yes. Um, All right, next for you. Which kind of leads into <gasps> my thing of plot armor being too thick. Oh, thick. Um, thick. Thick with two thick. C's. But uh, 
a, a recent example was that one of the Game of Thrones episodes of the mm-hmm. last season where people just get completely overwhelmed and you basically watch them die. Yeah. And then in the a few scenes later, they're just up and like, oh, all right, guys, don't let don't let up. You know, we got this. Yeah, this is overwhelming, but we can do it. I'm like, no, that person was like on the ground being trampled by thousands of zombies. And like, you see their face in slow mo going. Aah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, why why put them in that situation in the first place? Show that they're competent. Show that they're able to. I understand, you know needing to show that something's hard and needing to show peril, Mm -hmm. but like make it believable and don't like show me the transition from that point to them being better and not just skipping over that. Me like, no, we need them to be okay because we need to use them a few episodes later. Yeah. Um, It's yeah. Uh, And then the characters too, who I hate like when a character falls down or something, then our character just like comes over and helps them up yeah. and, and stops what they're doing and yeah. then dies as a result. Yeah. Like, get up, man. <laughs> Gets, yes. And then they get stabbed. Ugh. And you're like, why did you turn your back yes. in the middle of battle? Like, yes. realistically, you'd be like, sorry, mm-hmm. I'm busy with all these zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, uh, one of the rules of storytelling that I, I read a while back and I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense <clears throat> was, if the uh, the premise is that, you know, if the, the whole concept of what you're presenting is that a certain character will do something, the tension cannot be around whether or not they will do it. Oh, yeah. So, and that's one thing that, like, <laughs> kind of takes me out of shows like 24 and, like... Jack other, Bauer. Like, procedural stuff like that. It's like, the tension most of the time is whether or not Jack Bauer is going to make it out of that situation, even though the whole premise is that Jack Bauer makes it out of that every situation. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. Um, and there's nuance there, but, uh, yeah, the, the, a lot of, a lot of shows and, and movies and stuff do that where it's like, I, we're all, we're all in this. Like we all know what we're getting into. Don't, don't, you know, waste time saying, well, is this going to happen? Like if a movie's a romance, you're you're going into a rom-com, the tension cannot be whether or not these two people will get together. It has to be how they get together. Yeah. Um, and you have to, um, like, it has to be clear or, you know, it could be, um, like, I have no idea how these people can get together. I know it's going to happen, but right, right, you know, at this point in the movie, there's no way to tell how it's going to happen. Yeah. You know, it has to be that way or it can be right away. You know, they get together, whatever, but the tension can't be, is it going to happen? Maybe that's a bad example, but listen, all I'm saying is that if I showed up to class late (laughs) and you were in the back of the class and I leaned over and invited you to a party. Yes. I would choose 24 to come to that party instead of Harry Potter. Just saying. <laughs> um, no, that's true. A lot of old shows, like MacGyver and other stuff. Oh, and, and, well, yeah. And MacGyver works because it's fun. Yeah, you watch um, it for the tricks. Yeah, um, but there are shows where you're like, well, I know that the protagonist isn't going to die, yeah. so I'm not really stressed. But actually, so MacGyver, now that you say it, I, I think it did it well because it was never, oh, is he going to make it out of this? It was, how is he going to do it this time oh sure i just mean like whenever he's in peril 
You're right. not actually afraid yes. for him. Yes. And so to, you know, to playing to their strengths, they're like, how can we make it interesting uh, having this character who's going to survive every episode, obviously, what can we do to make it fun? And I think they did it well. Yeah. Um, at least as far as the, the 80s and MacGyver's 90s. so dope. I love MacGyver. <laughs> I've seen every episode of MacGyver. Yeah. And I don't think it could be made today. They tried to remake it. Yeah. And it was garbage. Yeah. It That's was true. Just, they did try. It, yeah. And it was the hot, it was a hot, it was a hot second. And then they're like, all right, bye. No, it can't, it can't work. It has to be campy. Yeah. Um, that's part of it. But MacGyver got surprisingly dark one time. There's one episode where he's just like rock climbing uh-huh. with one of his friends, and they've been friends forever, I guess. And I also guess that she consistently wants them to like be something. Mm. So they're they're like rock climbing and she kind of brings it up again. And he's like, I, you know, I really like you, but yeah. I'm, I'm a secret agent and I do all this stuff. And she's like, okay. And she's like really sad. And then uh, she freaking, something goes wrong with her line and she falls and dies. <laughs> oh no. And then uh, it's MacGyver like stranded because she had something, I think. And mm-hmm. then I also, I think like his main villain like did it. Oh. So then he's also like attacking him. But I just was like, geez, MacGyver. It's like <laughs> this girl confesses her love again. He rejects her and then she falls off a cliff. And dies. <laughs> I was like, Ryder was having a bad day yeah. or something, but... I love did MacGyver. you write that one? I did. Yeah, yeah. it was "Give Me to the MacGyver." <laughs> That's right. Um, the the one episode that I vividly remember off the top of my head was, and this wasn't a dark moment, but he had to get into like a vault or something like that, and one of the security systems was uh, based on sound. Okay, and uh, it's like a certain frequency. And a sequence of of sounds that had to be played for that that vault to open. That was one of the levels, and he'd figured out the other levels, and that was the last one. Mm. And uh, he like goes back to like this banquet hall that's part of the same building, and he's like dressed as a waiter and takes a platter full of uh, crystal wine glasses. I thought you were going to say meth, sorry. Yeah. He just does a bunch of meth, and then the episode ends. He's like, I can't figure this out. (laughs) No, he brings all the glasses and some wine over and, like, into the area to get into the vault, and then fills them all up with different levels of wine, and then wets his finger and does the the trick Uh, around the rim of the glass where it does that that sound. Yeah. I don't understand. And yeah, I don't, I can't explain it any other way. And, uh, and then he lays them all out in sequence and then does all the sounds and then the vault opens and I was like, yeah, get him a guy. That's awesome. Um, I don't remember that one. No, yeah, that's the only one that I can think of right now. Do you um, want to start a MacGyver podcast? Because now I'm having yes. a flashback to all the episodes, and I'm like, I love we that We should just show. do a, a MacGyver reaction podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Hummingful is going to have a weird transition, guys. <laughs> Pivot. One of the thumbnails, that, like, one day, just as you, uh, MacGyver, and me. Like, right. He's just part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be beautiful. Um. This one's a little tricky because uh, you can do this correctly, but um, male and female characters that have to have sexual tension or yeah. interactions. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's even more frustrating when when there's no chemistry at all. 
but in a certain situation to end up being close to each other physically or whatever. And then yeah. it's like, oh, well, this has to happen because this, this is an action movie. And oh, then, he fell on top of her. Yeah, or whatever. Um, it's so refreshing to watch a movie where, like, a guy and a girl never end up they're just like pals you yeah. know they're partners they they go through the experience together and they're like great you know yeah <laughs> they so, find someone else or whatever yeah um which i thought uh the second red dead redemption did that really well yeah where your main character could easily have you know gotten involved with certain other characters mm-hmm. and it just doesn't. There's one character that comes, you know, from his past and resurfaces. Oh, uh, Arthur. Oh, Arthur. Oh. Um, but even then, like, they did a good job with that because he turns her down because he's he's just not, you know, emotionally well. ready for stuff like that. And um, I don't know. But there's Doesn't like he want her later, though. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's different because it's like someone from your past and like, oh, sure. I like just there's was, like all this, <clears throat> everything's gone to crap. And like, you're like, I should have, I should have yeah. said yes when I could. Have. It's not just an A plus B equals right, C. Exactly. It's complicated. Exactly. It's nuanced. But then you have other characters like the widow. Yeah. Who, you know, becomes Sadie, very, yeah. yeah, she becomes very uh, self-sufficient and independent and she's very cool. And it's like, oh, this could easily have been an opportunity for like, oh my goodness, there's some tension between them. And then never, there's never any indication of that. Yeah. Um, she's like, no, I'm good by myself. I'm happy. Um, and he's like, same. We're, we just work really well together. I don't know if Sadie's happy. She's, well, she's got some, No, she's got some demons. But, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell you, since I was inhabiting Arthur, he was my I was he was my avatar. I'll yeah. say there was some sexual tension <laughs> with Abigail. Well, yes. Wait, no, you, Sadie. No, you always liked Abigail. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no good, John Marston. That's right. Um, no, that's a great example. Like, like with anything, having romance isn't bad. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I love romance. Yeah. But does every man and woman lead or character need to have a significant other? Yeah. and or end up together. Mm-hmm. It is annoying. There's always going to be that moment in the movie where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. they're going to sleep together. And, you're just like, and right. I find that especially true when it's a a female main character. Yeah, like I I can think of movies where the the male character makes it to the end and you know, without having had feelings because he's a man. But, like, a woman always has to fall for someone. You know, obviously there are going to be exceptions, but I think it's a general rule. Yeah. At least until recent years, that's that's been the case. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is kind of like it bleeds into romantic comedy. So, again, mm. I'll take back that transition crown. Do it. Um, I'll just keep passing it back. And yeah, forth. and it's, it never gets cold until we die. And never gets old. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, are we going to start rapping again? Um, in romantic comedies, I hate, and I hate this in our movies too, but it's, it's rampant in uh, romantic comedies, mm. which is the unnecessary conflict yes. that makes the guy and girl have to go their separate ways. This, and then it's like the 10 to 15 minute sad part of the movie. Yeah. That's not funny or entertaining. It's just watching characters be sad. And then they, they man or woman up. And they go say their feelings uh, and then... Yes. <clears throat> yeah, just not communicating. Yeah, bad uh, communication is, uh, is the thing. And that almost, if it's already that kind of movie, there's going to be the moment where, oh, no, it's not what it looks like. 
yeah. let me explain. Yeah. Character storms off and the person like has 10 seconds, but you know, in the time that the character Lee, you know, walks away and then is actually out of the room where it's like in that 10 seconds, you could have easily explained the yeah. situation very quickly, or at least a relevant piece to where the person would stop and be like, wait, explain that a little more, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially yeah. when it's like completely innocuous, but from that person's perspective, it looks completely wrong. Yeah. Which uh, already, if it is that kind of movie, they get into that situation. You're like, someone's going to walk in yeah. and it's going to look like you just look at else. your watch. Going, yeah, exactly. When, when will the spouse happen? like burst in? Exactly. Like, How could you, you bastard? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, let me explain. Let me explain. It should not be the first thing that you say. It should yeah. be like, oh, no, we were just doing this. And then the person going to be like, they're not just going to be like, no, I'm leaving. It's, I'm it's going like, to the airport. Like, what do you mean you were just doing this? It's like, well, this is what happened. And now you have time to explain. You know? You're like, just, listen, oh. we're in a shitty movie. Yeah. She came in, yeah. fell on top of me. <laughs> yeah. It was super stupid. Yeah. But for Did, whatever we reason. We bad writers. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll never let myself be written this way again. Yeah. Um, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Um, I thought a good movie that, like, switched up the stuff was The Big Sick. Because it's Mm. it's... It changes the structure to where it still has that scene of conflict. Yeah. But again, the characters are written well to where it, it made sense. Mm-hmm. Like you you do go like you shouldn't lie, bro. Yeah. Lying's never good yes. in real life, but especially in movies. It yes. will be found out. Yes. Um, but it makes sense why he lies and then yeah. how she finds out makes sense. Yeah. And then their argument slash kind of breakup is very real, but it's in like the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what was so cool watching it is that then you're like, oh, there's a whole bunch of movie left. Yes. But it's still a romantic comedy. Yeah. And then you're just like, I don't know where we're going. Well, and what they did well, too, is that this all happens while there's, like, an overarching, you know, stuff. Like, there's more to it. It's not just all centered around this little conflict. Yeah. Um, And the movie doesn't stop being funny. Yeah. Like, obviously, that scene, you're not like, LOL. Yes. But immediately after, like, there's there's fun to be had where I, like, will fast forward parts. And, like, even my favorite yeah. movies, Step Brothers, yeah. I Love You, Man, which are all, like, romantic comedies around friendship or men. Yeah. They have those moments the where falling it, out. the falling out. Yeah. And it's boring. Right. You're just like, okay, I'm going to fast forward to the happy time now. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, Dead air. <laughs> well, I'm trying to I think don't of, the, edit. of the order. I have a couple more. Um, yeah, get to them. I don't want to edit this out. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> quickly. Um, <clears throat> well, one of them I've written is people who are bad at sneaking. Oh, I know why I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> They're bad at sneaking? <laughs> yes. So... They sneak into a building or whatever, uh-huh. and they get to the room they're trying to get to. Yeah. And then they just linger there. Uh, and they're, like, yeah. opening all the drawers. I'm like, no. Yeah. No, you're taking too long. Yeah, they Stop. start relaxing. I've, 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 I'm I've already prepared for a person to have walked in and seeing you, do, you know, do this. Yeah. I just, oh, I can't. I can't do that. Like, the, the just tension buildup of just, like, Oh, I, I'm sneaking, but I'm really bad at covering my tracks, and I'm I'm also being very loud and very obvious and taking too long, and yeah. just like oh, I yeah, I don't like that. No, I'm with you. Um, 
going back to romantic comedies, I hate. The... I'm going to take that transition crown because that was awful. Oh yeah, though it's just the next thought in my head. But also, at least I uh, didn't take my sweet time getting there. So I'm going to take the um, efficient crown, um, and I'm going to put it on my head. Um, it's a different shape. Oh, okay. And a different size. <laughs> It's not quite as nice. Yeah. Um, I hate the uh, douchey, mean, evil boyfriend or husband. Oh, yeah. In romantic comedies to where they're just the so The main character likes this girl. Yeah. But she has the awful boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And it's annoying, A, just for how mean they are to the protagonist where you're like, okay. Uh, and the protagonist is usually a wimp. Yes. Where just like I'm watching this guy get like drilled into. But then also you're like, why are you, why is this super sweet, nice, independent yeah. girl with this monster? Yes. And he'll do stuff that is so obviously terrible. And again, there's people who are in bad relationships and right. that's understandable. But she's like obviously into him. Yeah. Even though yeah. he's like always awful to her. Yeah, he'll like say, she's like, oh, babe. Yeah. It's like, no, this doesn't make any sense. So yes. like The Office, the entire time watching The Office, you're like, why does Pam like that guy? Oh, yeah, Roy. And then yeah. why does she get engaged to him? And again, yeah. you can do subtle things. Right. Like, but... The character himself, you never buy that there's romance between them. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, it's fine to, if there's the boyfriend or whatever. But it's even, I found it better when you like them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, like, I'm kind of into that relationship. Right. And uh, you can play with that as opposed yes. to just, like, so over the top. Like, they are, like, Lord Sauron. <laughs> they are evil incarnate. Yes. So. Yep. I don't like that. Um. My last two kind of tie in together, and they're specific to fantasy, but I'm sure other genres do this too. But I, it upsets me when uh, characters have to be teenagers. Like, literally, it's like, oh, this character is only 14, but they're the most powerful in the world yeah. that's been created. I'm like, why are they always teenagers? Why are they always young? Yeah. And I understand there's an audience thing with this where it's like, well, some of your audience, a lot of your audience, you know, reading fantasy is going to be teenagers, but yeah. I'm like, make a character like 32 years old. It's a good age. And have them go through problems that a 32 year old goes through, you know, taxes. like exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I want my fantasy to have taxes and <laughs> mortgages and yeah. 401k. Yes. <laughs> um, I like they have a case of the Mondays yeah. and it's just They're like, working their nine to five right. at the sword shop. They do one of my real life pet peeves, which is when someone asks them how they're doing, they just respond by saying what day of the week it is. That's it's one a my, Tuesday. Ah, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate small talk already, but that's one of the ones that just bothers me so much. This is no longer a storytelling pet peeve. This is real life. This is life pet peeve. I, and I always overhear this constantly. Every day, someone's going to ask someone else, so, hey, hey, how's it going? Mm-hmm. Like, well, it's Wednesday. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, strong opinion, but I think they should be euthanized. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'm sure it started as like, if you say it's Monday, that means you're in a bad mood because no one likes Mondays. If you say it's Friday, that means you're in a good mood because it's the end of the week and it's almost a weekend. But people just 
say that as a response. Like instead of just saying, you know, I'm doing really well. I'm excited for the weekend. Yeah. That's a normal thing to say. Mm -hmm. But once you start just answering by the day of the week, then people just use it for all the days of the week. And it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's Thursday. Yeah. It's like, okay, does that mean you're upset that it's not the end of the week or are you happy that it's almost Friday, which is near the end of the anyway? Yeah. I don't like that. And we got some stuff out of that. But I would like for for characters to be a little more because I can't relate to to teenage characters anymore. Yeah. I'm at that <clears throat> point, unless they do very teenage stuff, but it's always like they act like they're 25, but they're Good always age also. Yeah, it's a decent age. Yeah. Um but they're they're always like sixteen or fifteen or thirteen, whatever. Yeah. And they're always way too competent for that age. And they always have, you know, their their thought process and their their way of socializing. All these things are always way above that age. But for some reason, that age has to be tacked on. Like that has to be part of it. They're very small and they're very young. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. It's dumb. No. Teenagers are dumb. They're a pet peeve of real life for me. That's teenagers true. Yeah, they upset me quite a bit. Um, going off what you said, that that and this will deserve the transition king crown. Yeah, well, don't uh, say that <laughs> about yourself. If you talk about it, yeah, it gets rid of the already, point. You've already it. lost it. Um, is the is the one which I think, like you said, like a lot of these storytelling pet peeves are cliches or like I think they're all they all like count. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Um, yeah, the the one archetype drives me insane because and I think it's the humanist in me. It's like that's annoying. You just mm. I'm just following this character because of randomness. Yeah. They just got to have the thing slash random and like again, I get the chosen one. Like, how is that random? Well, they just happen to have this ability for whatever reason, or more in line with the terminology, destiny just dictates. This person will be the most important character of all time. Yeah. I don't or, like it. Yeah. And, and you know, things happen because they're the hero and good things happen around them and bad things happen around them. And it's like, yeah. there's no reason for them to. And I think a, a lazy way to get to that point that a lot of people use is a prophecy. Yes. Oh, well, the prophecy said that this character was going to be this way. And you kind of fit that. But it's like, but I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want any part of this. I just want to be a regular person. Yeah. Like, oh. I want the chosen one find like some in some plot just to be like, yes. Yes. It's <laughs> me. I've always wanted to save the <laughs> I'm world. The chosen one. Um, actually, it's not exactly that, but Chuck kind of does that. Yeah. Where he's like, I know kung fu guys. Yeah. Like he's excited. He's excited about it. It's like, oh, this opens up a whole new world for me. I can go on adventures. I'm yeah. like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, which again, is that realistic? I don't know, but we've seen so many but things see, yeah. that are opposite. It's fun and and they make it work with his character. And the way they do it is, oh, he's eager, he's excited, he has these new abilities. Anyone would be excited to have these. And he goes on these adventures and he's not like he fails a lot. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, it's the opposite of, oh, this character who doesn't want it, but oh my goodness, I'm super powerful. Oh my goodness, I saved the day. Yeah. You know, I, I drew power from all these things and then now I'm the most powerful being in the world and this worked out even though I didn't want it. So now I have to assume this responsibility. Yeah. It's just, 
yeah, it can be done correctly, but it's also been overdone. I drew power. I drew Barry Moore. Whichever <laughs> plot is going to be. <laughs> no. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> okay. Drew yeah. Carey. No. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, just especially in fantasy, it just irks me. Yes. Yeah, the whole prophecy. I'm like, who are these old people who are writing books going someday? <laughs> Where did they kid- get this information? <laughs> yeah, and then the gods are like, him or her, yeah. because I don't I don't know, because yeah. they're eager. Because their parents are dead. <laughs> yeah, and then like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then recently I watched um, Shazam, uh, mm. DC Shazam, with Zachary Levi, who's also who's Chuck. Who's also Chuck, yeah. Uh, transition. The, yeah. yeah, have that crap. Oh, thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, and he was the best part of the movie, but that movie, Shazam's, that, that whole thing's dumb, is this wizard's like, I'm going to choose... Who's the most worthy to yeah. be my champion? Uh-huh. Chooses a thirteen-year-old boy. Yeah. You're like, you're telling me in the whole world, yeah. universe included, because there's aliens in the DC. Right. This small white boy <laughs> is, the, is the best thing. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. What about Superman? <laughs> yes, yeah, not even Superman or Batman's worthy <laughs> to be a champion. <laughs> Uh yeah, it's and maybe and uh, maybe you nerds out there, which I'm one of, but no. maybe there's some more for that. But it it, it it's no bueno for no. me. No, do you have one more? Are you out now? I got one more. Hit me. Um, <laughs> so I don't like fantasy authors who write about only about teenagers, and I don't like fantasy authors who write like teenagers, specifically uh, when it comes to romance. I get the you don't feeling, like teenage romance. No. What about teenage I dreams? I don't like uh, when romance is like, oh, this sounds like a fifteen-year-old wrote it. Okay. Like this sounds like what I th- what a fifteen-year-old thinks romance is like. Gotcha. Or sexual tension is like. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble here, but oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> On average, generally speaking, but not okay. always. Okay. The uh, the fantasy authors of the world aren't necessarily the biggest players in the <laughs> game. Oh boy! <laughs> if 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 you know what I'm saying, that yeah. it's a certain type of person. Most of the time, if you picture, if you have a fantasy book in mind, and I'm saying like modern fantasy. Picture the author, if you don't know what they look like. Okay, okay. And then look them up. Okay. They probably look like that. Yeah. <laughs> like there's So I'm same... imagining white, kind of chunky, yes. greasy hair and yes. glasses. Yeah, and they sometimes they wear a bit of a fedora or a Yeah, a I don't suit, get the fedora. A suit jacket with a graphic graphic tee underneath, you know. Yeah. They are a little bit oily. Yeah, like, a little oily. And so I'm like, okay, I I hate to be prejudiced and all these things, but I'm like, okay, so, and sometimes, you know, they're mar- happily married and all these things. I'm like, great. Yeah. I'm like, this person ha- maybe hasn't dated much, and I'm not going to assume that about them, but based on the way they're writing, I'm like, this doesn't, this is not how that happens. This yeah. sounds like a, this literally sounds like a fantasy Yeah. Um, of what that would be like. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. That kind of takes me out of it. I'm just kind of rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, okay, this yeah. is one of those again. Yeah. Once I get past this, the story is going to be really good. But it's just one of those weaker, weaker moments. Or you know, they'll describe women only by their body parts. Yeah, or whatever, and they have to mention those every time the woman walks in the room. And it's just like, oh, 
Come on. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, tell me what you think about this. I wonder if some people are just bad at writing that, whether or not they've gotten it or not. Oh, sure. So Absolutely. I, I don't know if I agree with this. I've consistently uh, heard people be like, Stephen King's bad at writing sex scenes. And sometimes so there's been some where I'm right. like, eh, but I also can't tell if I just find it silly too sometimes in books. Like I don't yes. know when I've necessarily been impressed Which, by a sex scene. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know that uh, <laughs> Stephen King's a good point of reference. Cause there are a lot of every kind of scene that he's written. He's also written a bad one on the same topic. Mm, okay. Like he's written bad action scenes. He's written bad sex scenes. He's written bad, uh, exposition he's written some weird stuff where you're like steven are you okay yeah <laughs> i'm like is this what you usually think yeah. like this seems very specific yeah to you <laughs> yeah um so i don't know that he would be the best example because i i think maybe it's just an inconsistency thing or just because he is so prolific that he's bound to have oh yeah some dead he's just written so much scenes yeah. um you can't, you know, bat a hundred. I feel like that I hear that consistently. Like well, no one's like yes. saying he consistently has bad prose or you know, that's whatever. True. It's that's like true. that's something that pops up. So I, I just was curious because I know you've I, I would need to read more Stephen King okay. to to know for sure. Um I uh because I don't I, the gunslinger didn't have any the stand had some. One of them is is uh uncomfortable to think about before for not because it was poorly written it's just because it's very uh disturbing but gotcha. um i there yeah there are definitely certain things that he'll i, I think sexuality in general mm -hmm. he's a little bit weird about gotcha um i don't know about sex scenes specifically but there's definitely moments where i'm like is this what you think steven yeah um, it's like are you that good to where you've designed this character to yeah, think exactly. weirdly yeah. about sex. Yeah. Or, or is, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a very famous and controversial sex scene in it that I oh, knew was yeah. coming. I, I know about it. Yeah. I, and I won't get into it because spoilers, which but, it was taken out of the movie. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I knew it was coming the whole time and I finally got to it and it was weird. Cause in like the moment, I still was very uncomfortable. A, just what's happening, and B, like you said, how he wrote about it, yeah. and it is like point of view. So he's saying things, and, and you're just like, uh, what? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and so it's like it's weird because it kind of worked in the context of the book, but now when I just think about it in general, I'm like that was so weird. Why did you do that, yeah. Steve? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. To circle back to your point, though, just uh, so it's not lost in the jumble of what we just did, mm. um, fantasy writers writing like teenagers and how they address love and yeah. sex and yeah. all that stuff to where you mm -hmm. can kind of tell you don't have much. Ex it seems like you don't have experience yes, with right, this. Right, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, the In, in reference to... Um, them just describing, you know, women's bodies. That's something I kind of noticed once I got into screenwriting, that mm. that was a big problem that was um, thankfully pointed out by a lot of, like, teachers and stuff to where they're like, 
okay, <laughs> we don't need to know what everyone's wearing all the time. Yeah. And also be consistent how you describe characters. So for a lot of dudes, it, you they would just be like, here's Jack Cornhole. He's a, he's 65, solid piece of corn. Yeah. Uh, doesn't take crap. No, you know, known to, likes, likes a- He like don't a, give no shucks. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. And then it'd be like, and, and here's uh, Missy Burnstock. Yeah. Uh, her breasts were bursting forth. And, <laughs> yeah. like, they just instantly yes. go hard yes. into um, objectifying. And I, I started trying to read a lot of screenplays to learn yeah. the format, and I started noticing it. And even I noticed in my own, not that I would, I, I, I wasn't over-sexualizing, but I was trying to create this very clear picture of, like, Hey, I need you to know she's beautiful. Right. And I wouldn't do that with the guy characters. And I was yeah. like, oh no, I've been poorly influenced, like yeah. by what I've been reading and yeah. just, you know, not being an aware, you know, person. And yeah. so thankfully was able to cut that out. But it is, it's terrible. It's I, uh, so obvious and it's yeah. embarrassing. I actually had someone ask me about this recently. Um they were asking for advice, which is interesting. Well, you do lead a very successful podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, on on writing, but uh it was uh he was asking how to write uh a woman who, you know, has sexuality just like everyone does, but without sexualizing her. Ah, I see. Um yeah. And uh and so, and I actually kind of got into this conversation with him. It was like, that's that problem, a problem I have with a lot of fantasy authors. Um, and I realized, I think one way around that is to write about how other people feel around that person. Mm. And then that person alone, when you describe them, you can describe their, their other values, their qualities, you know, it can be male or female, but obviously historically the, women have been on the, the lower end of this where yeah. um, it's more of a, a sexual prop. But uh, I had to think about it. I was like, well, I don't know. I've actually never written this way. But I would think if I were to try to tackle this, I would I would make it more about how people react to this person. Um, whether they're, they're startled when they see her, whether they're like impressed or intimidated or, you know, all these things. There's a variety of ways that you can work around the topic. Um, but yeah, that is interesting because a lot of times you'll, you'll fixate on something and then over describe that thing compared to other things. Yeah. And, uh, I ran into this when I was trying to write about people of color mm. and I was like, well, how, everything that I can think of, I'm like, if I put this on the page, it just sounds ridiculous. Or it sounds like, why are you being like weirdly specific about this? I'm like, because otherwise you're going to picture a white person. Yeah. And that's and that's a big truth about uh, just novels and just the written medium is that it's it's white until proven otherwise. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so if a person's not described to you and you're just going to picture them white, Un you know, unless you're reading like 12 Years a Slave or, you know, something like that, or color purple. But um and kind of the the consensus, I was doing a lot of research on this, and it's like, well, there are small things you can do, like not use foods to describe their, you know, skin color. Like, well, they had caramel skin, or they had chocolate skin, oh, or... I misinterpreted like, what you were saying. I thought you were saying, like, writers would be like, 
That he was he was eating fried chicken. He was eating fried chicken, and she was she was eating some sushi. No, no. And I was like, like, "Yeah, that's bad." There are ways <laughs> to describe people of color that like have been really narrowed down to like really certain attributes. Yeah, okay, I gotcha. Um, whereas you know, w- white people get you know all sorts of different adjectives, and you know it's like pale under the moonlight or whatever. Like, there's so many things, um, and the consensus was well. What, however, you describe a person of color, just describe everyone else with equal detail. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things. That's cool. Um, and also, you know, when in doubt, black mm-hmm. is fine, brown is fine. You mm-hmm. know, uh, there, however, those people refer to themselves, that's that works and it's, it's less noticeable rather than it's like, oh, that's a weird, they found a really convoluted way to. Like, well, they had walnut skin. It was like, <laughs> first of all, I can't picture what that looks like. Yeah, I'm just hungry now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it is a food. Um, yep. But uh, anyway, it is a it is an interesting topic where it's just like you don't really have to struggle with it until you run into that situation. And you're like, oh, how do I do this? So, yeah. yeah. It was interesting. Nice. Mm. Very tasty. Um. Okay, so that's it for you. Yes. I'm going to try to uh, run through some of these. I hate, um, this is, uh, you can take the transition king crown because it's just very far away from what we just talked about. Oh, that's totally fine. I hate kids being mean to the protagonist um, (laughs) and the protagonist taking it. In general, I hate wimpy protagonists. Yeah. What does that say about me? I hate being a coward and being passive and it's something yeah. I've kind of tried to grow out of because yeah. I'm shy, introverted. And so when I see it on screen, maybe I see myself and that's why I hate it so much, mm. but it's not, it's just not funny to me to watch kids be little brats and walk all over the protagonist who's a grown man or woman <laughs> yeah. and they're just taking it. And right. that's why I found it so satisfying. And it's always sunny in Philadelphia where <laughs> yes. Charlie and Matt get bullied <laughs> by kids and they the just kids. beat the kids up. <laughs> and it's like totally like horrifying because they're grown men just like punching Smashing children. Them cars. Yeah, but it's <laughs> it was so satisfying because I think it was very purposeful. Is there's so many movies and television shows where Kids just like do whatever they want. Yeah. There's no consequences, and it was kind of satisfying yeah. to, to see that. <laughs> I do not wish violence against children, unless they're fictional, <laughs> and they live. Okay, right. uh, <laughs> we're both gonna get into trouble. You're gonna get yeah. in trouble with fantasy people. That's I'm right. Gonna get in trouble with parents. Um. Uh. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, okay. So this is just this is a literature thing. A lot of happens a lot in Lovecraft. Mm. Is characters getting knocked out? Or feigning when something scary happens that they can then be transported somewhere or wake up and go, oh, was it a dream? Or it's just like, it's, again, Lovecraft protagonists pass out all the time and it's (laughs) hilarious, but it gets old after a while. It's very low on oxygen. Yeah. (laughs) And then same thing with like, realism kind of hurts how you view certain stories because people get knocked out all the time in movies And you kind of then, like, once you do your research, you learn if you're unconscious for more than, like, three minutes after taking a blow, like, you have head trauma that's going to, like, be really major. Yeah, like, your your brain's not getting any blood anymore. And Mm -hmm. then, like, it's exponentially worse with every second, you know, beyond that certain point where it's just, like, you're... 
you're gone. <laughs> yeah, so the whole, like, you punch someone and knock them out, and they wake up tied to a chair, like, yeah. a day later. Yeah. It's like, no. How long have I been out? Yeah, exactly. Um, so that hurts me. Um, and this kind of goes back to just, again, like, everyone who's been disparaged against in real life has had it awful in storytelling. So mm. there's just, uh, so as we were mentioning, like, you know, People of color, you know, not being represented well, described well, or even being the heroes. There's all that. Right. But a specific thing, and that's why I wanted to just maybe end with this one because I find the dilemma interesting, is are you familiar with the the concept of fridging? Fridging? Fridging, yes. No, I don't think so. All right. I know you know, like, you'll know what it is, but the, so the term comes from, let me look at my notes here, Green Lantern 54 um, the the comic book issue. And basically, it's not the main Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. It's like right. Kyle something yeah. is his name. And he comes home and he finds his girlfriend like in the fridge dead. Mm. And then since then, like, um, I think it was like a group of feminists kind of responded and coined the term. Maybe it was them, maybe it was someone else fridging as they were kind of sick of seeing females being murdered or assaulted mm. as a story point to motivate yeah. the male character to rise and or do something. Yeah. And so this is why I thought it was interesting is I totally agree to where like sexual assault is used a lot as a plot point of yeah. like, and then this happens mm -hmm. and it just that because it's so messy and awful, if you don't treat it with respect and there's not a reason for it and you don't handle it correctly, it's just so damaging. Yeah. Obviously, that's a part of our life. So I would argue like anything that happens in the real world has a place in storytelling. Maybe. I don't yeah. like saying it, but it's just like then we're going to limit ourselves to what we can talk about. Sure. So I don't like it. But so... All that to say, I totally agree. It's really unfortunate, and you see it a lot. And now as I watch movies, sometimes when I, you know, watch reviews, it'll pop up. They're like, I can't believe they fridged her. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so, but the hard part is I go, okay, so how do we handle then death slash, like, revenge? Yeah. Because that's a big plot mm -hmm. of or, or a big part of storytelling. And so... While I'm sure it's frustrating maybe to see, like, an iconic character die or someone you really love die, it's like, well, it makes sense that it would motivate their yeah. partner yeah. or their friends. And if it's a revenge plot, that's kind of the point. Mm. So I just was curious what you felt about that. Um, I agree. I think there's, yeah, anything that can happen in real life should be able to happen in storytelling. But they're also needs to be a balance absolutely <laughs> where it makes sense where it's like yeah we're kind of done with this narrative of like why why do we always have to be the the plot device the the victim and mm -hmm. all these things so it's the the kind of the the damsel in distress absolutely uh trope um but uh no i i do agree uh and and it's good that people are upset about it because it'll create new ideas mm -hmm. um so yeah, I think it's good. And that, and we'll end then to to make the Harry Potter fans. I will cast my wrath somewhere else, <laughs> and I'll cast it on the It movie, mm. which I, uh, I just I had a good time, but I'm just not into it. And let me tell you quickly why people You're not into it <laughs> because it fits everything we're talking about. To where in the book 
Beverly is not a damsel in distress. Mm. She is just an equal part of the gang. She's one of the boys. Yeah. And is never never in a needs to be saved. And again, that's not bad for girl or guy character to need, need to be saved. That's yeah. part of storytelling, but um, that's not part of her story. And then what do they do in the movie? They go, she gets kidnapped by Pennywise. Go go get her. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, the story worked without that happening. So why There was you already in- a story without, yeah. And that's the whole, and that maybe this will be a good other future episode, but the whole book first movie debate is mm. like, it doesn't need to be exactly what happened in the book. There's so right. many things in books, especially Stephen King, where like you can't visualize that on film. <laughs> but, or you shouldn't. Or you shouldn't. <laughs> but the thing, but it's if something there's things that can work, you know, between cross platforms. Yeah. And so if it works in the book, do it in the movie. If it doesn't work yeah. in the book, change it in the movie. Especially if it's a story element. Yeah. And you ch- and you like change it for something worse. Yeah. yeah. Um and then Mike, who's the only person of color in the group, mm. uh he his arc in the book is cool cuz he's the like librarian. He's the, you know, the historian. Mm. He knows all about the town. His family's been there for a long time. And then in the movie, they give that to a different character. <laughs> <laughs> and then um Again, just from the trailer and hearing about it, so it sticks to the book where he stays. He's the only one as an adult who stays in the town. Mm. But then they make him a druggie. (laughs) And I was like, guys, (laughs) what are you doing? Again, it's already bad because it's not in the book. But it's even worse because it's like, you don't do that (laughs) to the only guy. Yeah. Um, And so I just, again, there's, there's good things to be had with those movies. Uh, but I just had to say my piece because they do so many things that I just think are blatantly offensive yeah. <laughs> from a storytelling standpoint yeah. and just a culturally relevant and, you know, progressive mindset where I'm like, guys, no. We're trying to move forward. Yes, here. <laughs> and you're keeping us in the past. Yeah. So um, any any last closing thoughts, my beautiful friend? No. Okay. <laughs> Well, because I love you so much, I'm going to let you finish off with the transition crown. Um, I'm passing it to you now. That was the passing sound. Um, <clears throat> we appreciate our listeners. So if yes. you're old, fantastic. Welcome. I hope you're the chosen one. If uh, you're young? No. <laughs> no. Go away. We hate kids. Go away. Yeah. I hope you get beat up by fictional <laughs> characters. Um but as always, it really is just awesome having listeners uh, listen to all of our episodes, especially mm-hmm. in their entirety. I We always think, I don't know about you, I was like, Psh, this one's going to be short. Yeah. And then it ends up being long. Yeah. Um, just like my prison sentences. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so thanks for listening. Thanks for engaging. We have episodes uh, fortnightly every other week, usually upload around Tuesday around noon. Um, slash we always upload on Tuesday around, around noon. noon. Thank you. Um, please, if you haven't already, subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. Um, leave a review. Tell your friends. Share. Plug it on your social media. Um, and follow us on Instagram. You can do that at ominous underscore media. And you can check out more stuff on ominous dot media. And uh, you can follow Noah and I on our adventures. Do it. Curious what Noah's up to with his cat, his two dogs, and his wife. You won't find that out on you my You won't Instagram. find out on his, but you'll find out on hers. <laughs> slash the 
What's the dog? The one about the dogs? Oh, the Bosley Danes. The Bosley Danes. You can see all that's the, the account. Fun. You that's need the to account. Be <laughs> Listen, if you want some, if you want some not cliche slash pet peeve storytelling, that's right. you head on over some to- pet storytelling. <laughs> oh, um, anyway, you can follow us on Instagram if you want to. No, um, Noah, Kyle. If I could be sweet, I think so sweet. I'd be a real, real bad, bad girl. girl. And I don't know. I just, I don't even know why I did that. Why am I doing this? I don't know. All right, bye. <laughs>